Well, good morning, church. It's good to see each of you here this morning. And once again, if you're new, we want to welcome you. Or if you're watching this later this week online, thank you for joining with us. And we're excited that you're here. Before we jump into the message, we want to um, celebrate some people in the room. This month in October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And we have some amazing pastors and leaders here um, at our church that serve in a a few different areas. Pastor Caleb has served as our student pastor in NYC for the past few years. And um, over the course of the the past few months, we've been talking um, about where God's leading him and what God's doing. And Pastor Caleb is going to be stepping into a creative pastor role here at NCC. So Caleb, I want to invite you forward. And so... If you don't know this, I was just at his house, and he is a gifted artist. God has given him talent, like visually and creatively, and he has a passion to continue to um, help lead the church creatively and vision, um, visually as far as the vision of the church. And so I'm so excited for where God's leading you, and I want you to take a moment and just talk about, yeah, NYC and, and what this tra- transition kind of looks like. Yeah, for sure. Um, Man, it's an exciting look at this next season and what God's um, been leading me personally in and how he's kind of brought me into this position um, here at NCC. Um, but this, this isn't where it started. Um, it actually started in new youth culture. And for the past three and a half years, I've been the student pastor and, um, and been wrestling through what God's been like leading us into as a ministry. And God has, has been very clear over the last few months about this next season for new youth culture and has, has told us that it's going to be a season where this ministry will see things that they've never seen before, that things are going to yeah. happen in our student ministry, in the community of students that has never happened before in, in this church. And it's really exciting. And the Lord also was, was helping me to wrestle with some things. And he was, he was telling me, like, some things are going to kind of shift to see this season happen. And one of those big shifts is that um, he had somebody new that was going to step into this student pastor role to see this new season. And he, he told me, he challenged me, like, this, you know, these last few years, like, was your time. And, I mean, it was an honor and just so thankful that I was able to be around and experience what God had for new culture for the last three years. But at this point, um, God said, I have somebody new who's going to step in and take it to the next level. And so he asked me to step aside so this man could step up into this role. And then luckily, the Lord gave me a place here at NCC still to be creative pastor. But it started with this shift that he had in new youth culture. And so this new student pastor I've been working with for the last few months. But would you celebrate our new youth pastor of NCC, Pastor Aaron Castellanos? And, and I'm just so excited about this, and we celebrated him on Wednesday with our students, um, but just talking about what the season looks like, and we've been working together for the past 10 months um, in student ministry, really grinding it out together um, and facing some really exciting and some really difficult times together, and, and like God has given um, me this confidence in Aaron's ability to take New Youth Culture to, to this next level, and um, just seeing God work in you and bring up that confidence, that boldness in you to really step in like boldly to like what is new in these things we've never seen before. Um, And so it's really exciting to see. And I'm just honored to be a part of it, to be able to experience this with you a little bit um, and to see what God's doing in the student ministry. So we want to take a moment and just let you kind of speak um, in what God's been speaking to you and kind of what you're, you're seeing for this next season. Thank you guys. Um, 
so I started serving, you know, with Caleb in January. And I think they were setting up a trap because originally <laughs> I thought, man, this is going to be, you know, more of a temporary thing. Eventually, Pastor is going to probably ask me to do something else. But as I was coming, the Lord really started giving me a love for these kids and started giving me a vision for this ministry. And before I knew it, I was like, man, I, I, I find myself praying for them all the time, all the time. And so um, there would be nights where I would just be up just sitting in bed and the Lord would just give me just words and just encouragement about, you know, this ministry here. And so when they asked me to step up and be the, the student pastor here at NYC, originally I was just like, man, I don't know if I'm ready. But uh, the Lord again continued to just tug at my heart and continue to pull at me and continue to remind me and tell me that I was the right person. And so um, I'm blessed. Uh, he's done, he, he doesn't get enough credit, but when I came into this ministry, what he's laid down, the foundation, has been so crucial in us being yes. able to build it to the next level. Um, so if anybody needs to be celebrated, it's Pastor Caleb and everything that he's done in the last three and a half years. And I'm excited to work with your students, whether they're plugged in on Wednesday or not. I'm going to be looking around and I'm going to call you out if your kids aren't here on Wednesday night because they need to be here to experience what God is doing at NYC. So thank you yeah. guys. Yeah. Hey, we want to just take a quick moment. We want to pray over um, Pastor Aaron as he steps into the student pastor role. So if you would just stretch out your hands this morning, I'm forward, and let's pray over him. God, we thank you for what you're doing. God, you've called our church to invest in the next generation. And so we believe, Lord, that you've placed Aaron here in this season, God, to lead the student ministry. God, we pray for your anointing, your blessing over his life. God, we pray that more students than ever would come and experience your love, God, and your grace and your forgiveness and your transformation. God, we're believing for that. And Lord, we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And I have one more person um, to celebrate, Alita Foster, or Alita Bagby, if you would come forward. I'm going to keep doing that, aren't I? <laughs> Alita um, is our executive pastor, and what that means is that she does a lot of stuff behind the scenes that never gets seen or recognized. And so she's helped with all of that facility stuff. She's worked with the contractors. She's been in conversations, day-to-day -day stuff, making decisions, getting us um, through speed bumps and through all of that. She helps with the finances of the church. She helps with the welcome team. So all of the coffee, all of the donuts, all of that stuff, um, all of the merch that you see back there. She was working hard this week to get all of that lined out and get it all set up. Um, making Mesquite new, every serving opportunity. She had an amazing team, but Alita led all of that. And the scripture tells us this church, that we give honor where honor is due. And Alita, I want you to know this. I know you got married this year. You haven't missed a beat in just what you do for our church, the vision that you bring, the way that you love people, the way that you lead people, you live out the heart of our church. And I know this, we would not be where we're at if it was not for your leadership. You've grown so much. God has helped you step into that pastoral role, and you do such an amazing job of carrying out our vision. So in front of the whole church, we wanted to honor you. This is Pastor Appreciation Month, and let you know we love you, and we're so thankful you're a part of the team. So thank you. So now we're going to get into the message, right? So we are in our second week of this series called um, Alternate Reality. And we started last week talking about this, how when we open up scripture, when we come to Christ, it's very different than the culture and the world around us. It's like living in an alternate reality. We're called 
to have our mindset and our attitudes, our behaviors, all of those things look different. Last week, we talked about living for today, not being so caught up in the past, not being so caught up in the future that we miss the gift of today that God has given us. And today, we're going to talk about be authentically you. Turn to your neighbor and say that, be authentically you. And so we want to look at this idea, how do we live in that way where we're okay with how God has made us. We see the gift and the talents that God has placed in our life, and we don't try to be someone else. We don't try to compare ourselves to someone else. If you're taking notes, you can go back later and read this, but Psalms chapter 139, this beautiful psalm where, where the writer is saying, God, you knit me and you formed me in my mother's womb. Before I was even born, God, you knew about every single day. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And it's that reminder, God has made us a unique person. God wrote certain things about your story and into your life before you lived one of those days. And so that's a call for us to be authentic, not to try to replicate someone else's life, not to try to just be like someone else, but to be who God has created us to be. We're about to move into Halloween season. And so already at Walmart, all the costumes are out. Every time that we go there, my kids are begging for a new costume. And I remembered um, back when I was a freshman in high school, our family really didn't do Halloween growing up. So this was the first time I went to a, a party at a friend's house on Halloween. And I showed up without a costume, but they wanted to go trick-or-treating. And they lived in um, a, a wealthy neighborhood where they gave out the whole candy bars. You guys know what I'm talking about there. Okay. And so I didn't want to miss out on this. But the problem was I didn't have a costume. And so they came up with this amazing idea. Aaron, we're going to dress you up like a girl. We'll put you in a dress. We'll put some makeup on you. This will be your Halloween costume. The problem was um, freshman Aaron was about five foot tall, no facial hair, had a really pretty face. And with the makeup on, I kept having to explain to people, this is my costume. I am not a girl, Okay. And I cannot tell you the amount of houses they're like, why didn't you dress up? No, I am dressed up, okay? <laughs> this is my costume, okay? I am not a girl. And so, so what I realized, I'm a really creative person. I could have probably come up on the spot with a bunch of different ideas, and yet I let my friends tell me what I should do and how I should dress. So just as we get into this, I want you to think about that, because sometimes we listen to other voices, and they get us in embarrassing situations, they get us into awkward situations. And we're called to be who God has created us to be. And so I want us to look at this scripture this morning. If you have your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to look at the life of David. And even if you've not read this part of 1 Samuel, you may be familiar with the story. This is the young shepherd boy who was anointed king. And so um, the prophet Samuel came and said, you're going to be the future king of Israel. And yet for a season, he was still a shepherd. That didn't come to pass immediately. And at one point, Israel is in battle with another nation called um, the, the Philistines, and this other army had invaded them. And David is given instructions by his father, hey, take your brothers some food. Go out to the battlefield, see how the battle's going, see if they need anything, bring back news from the battlefront to us. And so David does that. And as he approaches the battlefield, he's expecting to come up on these two armies battling, waging war against each other, and they're not. What he sees is a giant named Goliath. Once again, you may be familiar with this story. Standing over nine feet tall with this massive shield and sword and spear that, that weighed so much. It was this impressive armory. And he's calling out to the people of God. Come, send out your best warrior. Let him fight against me. 
And if he wins, we'll be your slaves. If I win, you'll become our slaves. And so instead of all this bloodshed, let's just battle each other. And it had been going on for days and weeks like that. And David comes up on the scene and there's this righteous indignation in his heart. There's kind of this righteous anger. And he's like, we're the army of the Lord. We're the people of God. How come no one has gone out to battle this giant yet? And so there's this passion inside of him because this Philistine is blaspheming and tearing down the God of the nation Israel. And this is where we pick up the story. David walks up to his brothers and 1 Samuel 17 verse 28 says this right here. Now Eliab, the elder brother of David, heard what David had spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David and he said, why have you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way. And the people answered him again as before. So let me explain what's going on here. David begins to inquire, how come no one's gone out? and battled the giant? How come no one stood up against this Philistine that's blaspheming our God, that's belittling us as the people of God? No one stood up to them. And Eliab, David's brother, as soon as he hears this, starts to belittle David. And this is what I want to challenge you with. When you try to be authentic, when you realize who you are, others will try to limit you and compare you with others. As soon as you stand out in the crowd, as soon as you don't go with what everyone else around you is doing, whenever you're not a copycat of other people and you begin to stand out, they're going to try to limit you. Listen to what he says. David, you're just the shepherd and you're not even that good of a shepherd, okay? You just got a few small sheep out in the wilderness on the side of a hill somewhere. So what do you think you're doing? Why are you asking these kinds of questions? Why? Because David was being authentic. He was a warrior at heart. Even though he was a shepherd, he had already fought fierce, wild animals. And he was saying, hey, we can stand up against this giant. We can go to battle against him. And immediately his older brother tries to limit him. He tries to remind him, David, this is who you were. You're, you're just a shepherd. That's all you're ever going to be. But David understood, no, I've been called to be the future king of Israel. Eventually, I'm going to lead the armies out into battle. Eventually, I'm going to be at the front of the warfare that's happening. That's where I'm going to be at. And so he's remembering what God has called him, who God has placed that warrior spirit inside of David, and he's willing to stand up. And as soon as he does, as soon as he's authentic, others around him try to limit him. And church, you need to realize this. As soon as you start to step into your potential, people that are not reaching their potential, they'll want to shut you down. People that are not who God has called them to be, immediately they're going to try to stop you. They're going to try to limit you. They're going to try to hold you back from what it is that God is calling you to do. But God has placed something original inside of you. God has placed something unique inside of you. And so the challenge is step up. We tell our kids this all the time. You have those people at work, students, you have those people in school that they're always going to try to insult you. They're going to try to cut you down. They're going to try to make you feel small. Our saying in our house is hurt people hurt people. And so we remind our kids, hey, when they're saying those things, it's because they're not secure in who they are. That person at your workplace that talks behind your back, it's because they don't know how to be authentic. They don't know how to be original. They don't know who, how to be who God has called them to be. And so they don't want you being that person. 
They don't want you being authentic. They don't want you being real. They want to hold you back. And because they're hurt and they're insecure, they want to put those feelings on on you as well. And we can't do that, church. We have to remember who God has called us to be. David realized that. And he realized, hey, God, you have spoken some things over my life, and I'm not going to be limited by what my brother says. There was also probably the temptation for David to compare himself with others. I mean, after all, he's looking at a battlefield of seasoned warriors. There's guys there with scars. There's guys that have been in other battles. There's guys there who know how to use the sword, who know how to use the spear. And David has to be thinking maybe for a moment, man, I'm not like them. I'm not like those guys. And that tendency in your life can be to compare yourself with others. Don't do that. Be authentic. Be who God has called you to be. And I think one of the biggest pitfalls that we see in this is social media. We get on Snapchat, we get on Instagram or or Facebook, and immediately, instead of realizing who God's called us to be, we're trying to be like someone else. And there's been moments where I've seen picture-perfect families always having fun together. The kids are always smiling. They're doing ice skating lessons and ice hockey lessons. And I think, man, I need to have my kids do that. And then I realize. I don't even like the cold weather, you guys. It gets like this weekend, and I'm thinking, Jesus, what did we do wrong? It's supposed to be hot in Texas, right? Like, I want warm weather still in in the wintertime. And so that's the challenge is we can't look on these social media platforms and try to compare ourselves with others. That's not who God has called you to be. You need to be authentically you. You need to be who God has placed in your life, who God has called you to be, what God has done inside of you. That's what you need to begin to live out. Stop comparing yourself with others. David would have lost that day if he would have just stood back and and said, man, I'm not like these other guys. I can't do this. But he realized, no, God, you've made me a warrior. I've already fought off wild animals and wild beasts to protect these sheep. God, I can definitely stand up to a giant that is calling out blasphemy against you. And so the challenge is be authentic because others will try to limit you. And then you go on in this passage, David's words arrive at the king. King Saul hears, hey, there's this little shepherd boy here who wants to go fight the giant. And so for whatever reason, Saul thinks this is a good idea. And this is what he does. Then, Dave, then Saul clothed David with his armor. This is verse 38 of 1 Samuel chapter 17. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put on a helmet of bronze over his head and he clothed him with a coat of mail And David strapped on the king's sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested this armor. Then David said to Saul, I can't go with these, for I've not tested them. So David took them off, and he took his staff in his hand, and he chose five smooth stones from the brook, and he put them in the shepherd's pouch. With his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. And this is the second thing that I want you to realize. Be authentic. Because God has already placed in your hand what you need for the battle. What you're facing, the situation that you're going through. David, staring at that giant, he already had what he needed. God already took him through experience and through life trials and through circumstances. Everything that he needed to defeat that giant was already in his hand. But the people around him said, David, you can't go out like you are. You need to try to be someone else. You need Saul's armor. You need a helmet. You need a sword. You can't go face that giant with just a staff and a sling in your hand. That's never going to work. And there's that temptation in your life to try to become someone else, 
to try to put on what they've done, to try to take on their life experiences, to try to become like them, and that's not who God has called you to be. You're not called to be that other person. You're called to be authentic. You're called to be you. And we need to remember that. David, as I started to look at this man, he would not have done well if he would have tried to approach that giant with the sword, with Saul's sword. That giant had a much further reach than David had. And before he probably could have even drawn that sword, that giant would have taken him out. But with the sling, and David as a skilled warrior with the sling that he was, he could throw that thing over 100 miles per hour. It was said in ancient times that you could decapitate an enemy with a good thrown sling, with a stone like that, that it would snap their neck and immediately they would fall to the ground. And so David, what does he do? He takes off the king's armor He says, that's not who I am. God's already placed in my hand everything that I need. And church, I want you to realize that the call of God over your life is be authentic. You've walked through some difficulties. You've faced some battles. You've gone through some trials. All of that is to prepare you for what you are facing now. God's already placed in your hand what you need to defeat the giants in your life, to overcome the circumstances and the situations that you are facing. God has been with you all along the way. David realized that. I don't need the king's armor. I don't need what the king has to offer. My God is with me. And so I'm going to go take down the giant. And church, it's the same way in your life. What God's done inside of you is to prepare you for those future battles that you're going to face. You have what you need in your hand. God's already been working in your life. God has already been moving in your life. And so David understood that, hey, I have to be authentic. I can't try to be Saul. I can't try to be the king. I can't try to put on his armor. I have to use what God has placed here in my hand. The last thing that I want to leave with you and I want you to realize is, Others need you to be authentic. As you look at how this story plays out, others need you to be authentic. Once again, David could not have won the battle with that sword. David, if he would have listened to everyone else around him, would have never had the courage to step out on the battlefield. But because of him realizing who God had called him to be and understanding the gifts that God had placed in his life and what God had done inside of him, he does step out on the battlefield. He kills the giant with a slingshot and a stone and takes down this nine-foot-tall monster across the field. And then in that moment, you see Israel. If you continue to read through this chapter, they're no longer cowering in fear on the other side of the hill. There's now a boldness inside of them. They begin to yell and scream, and they take off after the Philistines. And now this army that they've been cowering down, afraid of for the past few weeks, they're now chasing down and taking out and destroying the enemies of God. And it all happened because David was willing to be authentic, because David was willing to understand the call of God over his life, how God had created him. And church, others need you to be authentic. Others need you. They're going to see through when you're trying to just copy other people's life. They're going to see through that. There's going to be a disconnect there. But in your life, God is calling you to be who he has created you to be. And others need to see that. Let me close with this last story and then bring this thought to a close. Um, There was a theater in Europe. And they were putting on a big production. This was in the 1800s. They're putting on this big production. It's opening night. All of the seats are packed. It's a sold out 
audience, and they're moving through the play, and backstage, unknown to everyone in the audience, a lantern tips over, and the backstage begins to catch fire. And some of the curtains begin to smoke, and the building starts to catch on fire, but no one in the audience can see it yet. They don't know what to do, and so they send out the main actor, and he stops the play, and he says, hey, I'm here to make an announcement. The building is on fire. There's smoke, and we all need to exit the building, and everyone just begins to clap. And he said, no, you don't understand. Your lives are in danger. This isn't part of the play. And then they start to yell, bravo, bravo, bravo. And they can even see the smoke coming from behind the curtains. And he's pleading with them and he's begging with them, please, you don't understand. You need to leave. And before, or before anyone really started to move, the sides of the wall caught on fire and the building began to come down. And people died that night. And it was because the actor had a message that, that wasn't authentic most of the time. And so when he tried to speak the truth, no one was really listening. In church, I think it can be like that in our lives sometimes. That if we're not careful, we wear the masks that everyone else in society wears. We try to be like everyone else because we want to fit in and we want to be accepted. And it messes up the message that God has called us to deliver. And it taints the message that God has called us to bring of hope and love. In church, God's call is for you to be authentic, for you to be real, for you to be original, not to play some part and then try to shift over and be real, but every single part of your life to be who God has called you to be, to not try to live as someone else, to not try to be someone else. Church, stop comparing yourself with others. You don't know their story. You don't know what they've been through. Just be comfortable with who God has created you to be, the gifts and the talents that God has placed in your life. Church, don't try to put yourself in someone else's life. Don't try to wear someone else's armor. I'm telling you, God has placed in your hand everything that you need for the battles that you're facing. God is with you in that moment, just like he's been with you in the past. He wants you to be authentic, be real. And others around you, they need that authenticity. There are people in your workplace that are hurting. There are family members that are going through difficult times. They need you to be real, not to try to be someone else not to try to put on a show, but be who God has called you to be. That's what brings the victory in not only our lives, but in other people's lives. And I wanna pray for you this morning. I'm gonna ask if you would just bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And I know this was kind of a simple and a quick message, but I believe that there are those of us here and and we struggle with that. That's a difficult thing. We see other people and we try to compare ourselves with them or we see what others are doing and we want to fit into their life and we miss out on who God has called us to be. And maybe we even end up losing some battles and other people end up getting hurt because we're not stepping into what God has spoken for us. And church, if that's you with no one looking around, if you're saying, Aaron, that's a struggle and I just want prayer this week that God would help me be authentic. Would you just raise your hand and then you can put it back down? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. After you lift it up, you can put it back down. Thank you. 
church, I want to lead us in a prayer. And I'm going to lead out, but just right where you're at, would you have an honest conversation with God? And whichever one of these may be hit kind of where you're at, would you talk to God and say, God, help me to be the person you've called me to be. Help me to see who that is and not to limit myself or compare myself. Let's pray together. Lord, we come before you, God. And your word is very clear. You've made each of us unique, God. You've made us wonderful, God. You've made us fearfully made, Lord. And God, I pray that you would help us not to try to just mimic someone else's life. Lord, not try to be like everyone else, but Lord, to live the kind of life that you've called us to, God. Help us not compare ourselves to others, God. Help us not try to put other people's armor on, Lord, to face the battle that we're facing, Lord. Help us to be the individuals that you've called us to be, Lord. God, bring about victory in our life because you've already placed in our hands what we need. And so, Lord, we're praying that as we do this, as we live authentically, Lord, as we live in your reality, God, Lord, let it bring victory to others' lives. Lord, I speak that over our church, God, as we're living out your calling in our life. Let our friends, God, let our classmates, God, let those that are around us, God, let those in our workplace, family members, God, let them see that and let their life be changed. Let them be encouraged, God. Help us to be the kind of church, God, that is willing to be authentic. And we pray this in your name. Amen.